0: Hey, everybody. Nick Espinosa, your chief security fanatic here. And in robocall news, we've got to talk about the FCC's ban on robocalls because, quite frankly, it's not enough. We need to do more. Now, there was a really interesting write-up in IEEE by Michael Kozoil, and I think that he had this pretty much nailed – So I'm going to be cribbing pretty much from him. But you know, I'm going to be giving you my thoughts here. Now, here's what's going on. Because in response to that fake Biden robocall in New Hampshire, if you recall, I've written articles on it, I've talked about it, all that, as well as the thing in Slovakia. Uh, I've also talked about that as well in that article, the US FCC or Federal Communications Commission moved to make AI illegal, uh, essentially, uh, for generated voices in robocalls, on the eighth of February, but here's the thing: so I Triple E Spectrum spoke to a whole bunch of experts. They don't think it's enough, and quite frankly, I agree with them because even as generative AI brings new twists to old robocall scams and offers opportunities to turbocharge efforts to defraud individuals, how on earth is the FCC going to keep up? And we'll talk about that quote. The big fear with generative AI is it's going to take custom-tailored scams and take them mainstream. That's according to Jonathan Nelson, director of project management at Haya. Now, in particular, he said generative AI will make it easier to carry out spear phishing attacks. He's absolutely correct. Spear phishing, for the record, if you don't know what that is, and I'm sure most people know what phishing is, you've seen that email from Prince and Butu, you've seen the fake websites, etc. But spear phishing specifically is targeting Meaning, the attacker knows exactly who you are, and so by virtue of that, they are basically creating a more tailored approach. They can scrape things from social media, other sources, etc., etc., even figure out through social media who your friends are, possibly get audio of the friend, and then tailor something that sounds exactly like your friend. Essentially, hey, Nick, it's Bill. I got you know caught in England and robbed. Please send me money. And I'm talking to somebody on the phone that sounds exactly like Bill, et cetera, et cetera. It may have a little bit of information on me as well. Hey, you remember we went to high school, yada, yada. This is what we're talking about. And we recently saw a case of that over in Asia in an undisclosed company where an individual sat in a literal Zoom meeting with deepfake generated AI uh, versions of the CFO of the company and other officers, where they convinced this employee that, one, they were real, and two, that this employee should transmit $25 million somewhere where that employee shouldn't. And guess what the employee did? They moved $25 million. This is what we're talking about. So, with the FCC's unanimous vote to make generative AI robocalls illegal... The question obviously turns to enforcement because it has to, and it's a necessary first step, but, quote, it's not a full solution, And quote, according to Daniel Weiner, the uh, director of the Brennan Center's Elections and Government Program. Now, Weiner also said that it's difficult for the FT- FCC to take broader regulatory approaches. In the same vein as a general prohibition on deepfakes that are essentially basically right now being debated in the European Union, given the scope of authority that the FCC has. If you recall, the EU, like with the GDPR, tends to extend out its acts for privacy to European Union citizens wherever they may reside. So if you're an EU citizen sitting here in the United States, you're still protected by the uh, the EU. Now, most types of robocalls have been prohibited for the record basically since the Telephone Consumer Protection Act in 1991. <clears throat> the exception of that are things like the robocalls that you might get from your kid's school, like, hello, district blah, blah, blah is closed today, it's a snow day. Or a robocall from your dentist saying, hey, you've got an appointment tomorrow, those kinds of things. But overarchingly, robocalls, for the most part, are verboten. The thing, though, is that a lot of the tools that they have for enforcement are lacking. One of the key methods to identify the source and basically therefore prevent robocalls by bad actors is to trace the call back through the complex network of telecom infrastructure to identify the originating point. Tracebacks can be complicated. So think about this. Here in the United States, you might be calling from Verizon, talking to somebody that has a, a AT&T phone, a T-Mobile phone, one of the other cellular providers. So you're basically hopping through networks. And while it's not like in the movies where it's like it takes three minutes to trace, you know, the the terrorist and the thing it sometimes, oftentimes can be difficult to trace back originally where that originates from, not to mention things like DID spoofing, which makes an incoming call look like another phone number, those kinds of things. But back in 2020, the FCC approved a mandate for network operators to begin implementing a protocol known as uh, sure-stir-slash-shaken, and that would, among other things, basically make these tracebacks a lot easier. The problem, though... Is that the FCC and basically the FBI and other agencies aren't providing enough resources to make it possible to go after the absolute huge volume of illegal robocall informa- operations? The only reason why we have enough information on the New Hampshire one, I would reckon, is because it was such a high profile thing in the middle of a presidential election. Literally, the first state to have a primary, I was a caucus, actually had robocalls that favored one candidate over another. In this case, Donald Trump harming Nikki Haley in the Republican primary. Now, historically, the FCC has gone after only the largest of these perpetrators, or in this case, I would say the most high profile. Now, generative AI is obviously going to make this a lot easier for for basically for those to get into the game, meaning you don't have to know or have a lot of requisite knowledge now to create deep fakes when you can go to websites and say, yeah, here's a picture of somebody's face, go stick them in a movie. you know, Here's a uh, recording of somebody's voice, go make them, I don't know, do whatever. That's what we're talking about here. So today's scams still almost always require transferring the victim to a live agent in a call center, uh, you know, to close out the scam successfully. You get that pop up that says, oh, please call 1-800-MICROSOFT because your computer is infected. It's obviously not Microsoft. And so now you're calling somebody, uh, you know, usually out of Pakistan. They're very, it's a very well-known scam coming out of that country as well as other countries as well. But here we are. But with AI generated voices, You don't have to call a call center. You can just basically set up an AI to take the call and essentially act as that agent trying to extract money or credit card or whatever it is. So this is a huge problem. And while we want robocalls to go away, and I'm 100% for the FCC banning these, enforcement is going to be that problem. And we're going to have a longitudinal issue with this because if you're able to set up a fake robocall center, let's say crank it out against the South Carolina, you know, uh, primary that's coming up later in February to harm one candidate and help another candidate and then pretty much disappear, well, here we are. It's going to be a lot harder to track, a lot harder to trace, and this is what we're ramping up for in the 2024 election. So stick with me. I'm going to keep on these things, but the FCC, while it's a good step, It's clearly not enough. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.